Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, relationships, and money. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Love Podcast. Today, my guest is Samantha Golba. Samantha is an energetic powerhouse persona and professional coach who believes the purpose of all life is growth. I agree, by the way. She found her passion for personal development one day during a workout when she was somehow convinced herself to do one more push-up than she thought she could do. Definitely been there. She then asked herself the burning question, if I'm holding myself back from doing one more push-up, what else am I holding myself back from in life? Uh, From there, Sam took a deep dive into personal development and what drives people to be successful. She found common denominators that she then began to implement in her life and to create her own version of success. Sam now teaches these tools and strategies to women who are looking to step into their power and bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. Welcome, Samantha. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I, before we get into it, um, I'm really excited to hear. So today we're going to be talking about the dynamics of a relationship with a 20-year age gap. And this is cool to talk about with you because you are living this, which is awesome. And before we get into your whole, um, into this topic, I'd love to know a little bit about more about your journey, where you are now and that moment that you kind of pushed yourself that little bit further. Cause I've definitely been there. So yeah, I'm interested to hear your story. You mean through my workout that I did? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of was like the catalyst, you know, something kind of snaps and then you're like, that's it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I will truly never forget that moment. I was, like you said, I was working out. And at that point in my life, I had, I didn't have the motivation to be working out. I was at like, now that I look back, I was at rock bottom and I somehow convinced myself to do a workout and I'll never forget my trainer. I was just doing a simple at-home workout and my trainer was yelling at me and he's like, through the screen, he's like, keep going. Don't give up. Keep pushing yourself. And I somehow took his advice and convinced myself to do one more push-up than I thought I could do. And after I did that, I remember I was just like, my mind was just blown. And I can remember just thinking like, oh my goodness, if I'm holding myself back from doing another push-up, what else am I holding myself back from? And that's whenever I really had the awareness around like personal responsibility for your life and realized how much stuff, because at that point I was in a not so good relationship and I realized that I was in there because of me, like it was my responsibility to be happy. And, and so after I learned that, like my life just went whoo, like straight up. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Isn't it? When you have these realizations and you're like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing this whole time? Yeah. Like I've been fo- yeah, focusing on all the wrong things or not focusing at all <laughs> on anything. And that's exactly it. Whenever I did that, you know, you kind of, at first it's like a gut punch, like, oh my gosh, it really has been me. But then it's really empowering because you realize that if you're holding yourself back, then you're also in charge or in control of taking yourself to where you want to go to. Mm. And I think, you know, that realization can go in a couple of ways where you're like, I don't know, you kind of get down on yourself or you go, Hey, I don't have time to get down on myself. I've wasted too much time already. I'm just going to go for it. And I'm just going to, you know, charge forward. And I always say like, now that I've been through that, cause that moment that we have of where we're, you know, we kind of get that aha moment. We have multiple of those in life. Like at every level of growth, like you're going to experience more levels of like, okay, like I'm holding myself back here or I need to fix this. Or, you know, you never really just get there. 
And so what I've realized is that when you do have those moments where, and it could be something in the face of rejection or something's not working out for you. I always say, you know what? Give yourself like a five minute pity party. Get all of those feelings out and feel sorry for yourself and do everything else, but just don't stay there. And after that time is up and you could go five minutes or an hour and then you're ready to go. Like you're not holding those feelings in. Once you experience them, allow them to like go through you. Then you're ready. Then you're ready to go. And so just, you can feel that way. Just don't stay stuck there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like a lot of people they avoid even feeling that. And I, th- I think that they're, in my experience anyway, there's no way around it. Like those feelings are either going to be felt now in the moment or you're going to delay them by uh, dampening them or... Um, yes. Yeah, right. with, with like alcohol or drugs or some other vice, you know, TVs, one of them, whatever, exercise. And then you're going to avoid feeling those feelings and they're going to come out at another time when they've been layered on with other crap as well. Well, and I think that, like you said, people avoid those feelings because we've been trying to kind of train to think that failing is not normal and messing up is not normal. And all of these, like, let's just say negative feelings that we experience because we're human. Hello. And all of these feelings that we experience, we've been trained to believe that they're not normal or they mean that we are not good enough or that we're a failure. And it's actually not that way. If you're not feeling these feelings, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough. And once you kind of feel it, it's all about how you handle it. And so once you learn how to handle it one time, it just prepares you because it never gets easier. You know, it it just, you just get stronger and you get better and you get better at being able to handle them. That's Mm -hmm. what I've learned. Yeah. I love that. I I agree. Yeah. It doesn't get easier. You just get better at dealing with it. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and that rebound time is I'm forever in, you know, chasing that to shorten that rebound time between something happening and me being okay about it, me bouncing back from it. And that's exactly it. And I mean, I could say that lesson right there that you just talked about is probably what, what my whole talk we're going to have about today, like revolves around is that situations are always going to happen to you. You just learn how to handle them better and how it's going to, you handle them in a way where it's going to help you propel forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're already like charging into it. <laughs> okay, cool. So I know that we have, we're going to talk about um, your juicy relationship. This is definitely what we want to talk about. Yeah. So before we get into the dynamics of your relationship, can you tell us a little bit about how you met your current partner and your situation? Yeah. So my boyfriend, he is 21 years older than me and he has two kids from a previous marriage and we actually met at work. And, um, I was, you know, admittedly dating somebody at the time and it wasn't a great relationship to begin with, but I was dating somebody. And so I, I never had an interest in him because I just wasn't, my mind wasn't there. And my boyfriend I, that I had at the time, we actually ended up breaking up and so my now boyfriend, Josh, he, um, he asked me out and immediately I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wh- I, don't, I didn't know how old he was. I didn't think he was as old as he was, but I'm like, what's this guy want from me? Like, like from this young girl. And my manager was actually the one that kind of like pushed me. And she's like, he's a great guy. He's looking for somebody like you. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll give him a chance. And so I ended up doing it. <laughs> wow. It's worked out. <laughs> it has worked out. Yeah, it definitely has worked out. <laughs> how long have you guys been together? Three years. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So I know that there's a lot of questions for me. Actually, I have a friend who is in a relationship with someone who's 25 years older than he is. And there's just like a lot of logistical things that I'm interested in finding out. 
about. Oh, yeah. So for example, I know, I know like I've just got so many questions. I don't even know which one to put first. Let's start with the dynamic between you and the ex, his ex, because there is going to be something there because that's the mother of his children, I assume. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that's one, of, that's one thing that everybody wants to know about, but everybody's afraid to ask. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad that you're bringing it up because it's something that if you're in this kind of relationship, like you do struggle with, with this. And I will say that I am a lot better now than I was whenever I started. But like you said, it's how you handle everything. You get better at handling stuff. His ex and I actually have a great relationship, which I'm very, very thankful for. That's taken work. And so, you know, nothing in this relationship, like any dynamic that we're going to discuss has just happened the way that it happened. It happened with intention and work and it's always work and it's always progress. But in a normal relationship, the extent of the ex that you deal with is like you stalk them on Instagram. You like make sure that your friends are like backing you up. Like, oh no, like you're better than her. Don't worry about it. Like she has nothing on you. And then she eventually kind of like hopefully like fades away. Like that's the extent of an ex in a relationship. But for me and for this dynamic, the ex is a part of your life. Like you have to figure out, like even if she's not, you know, even if you guys don't do stuff together, you still have her children walking through your door a majority of the time. And so that it's, I will say that a lot of the struggles that, you know, women deal with in this aspect are internal. And so where for me, I haven't had a lot of drama um, in the external, meaning like in a situation where like me and the ex don't get along. But as a woman, I compare myself to her a lot because you, I always think like, and this is stuff that I never even knew I would be thinking about until I got into this kind of relationship. But there's so many times that I thought about like, oh my goodness, I will never be the first woman that my boyfriend proposes to, or that he sees walk down the aisle, or I will never give him his first baby. And so all of these things that me in my twenties, I'm so excited to experience for the first time He's experienced all of them before. And so it's so easy for me to get into this trap of thinking, it doesn't mean as much to him. You know, will he like my kids as much as he likes her kids? And so, you know, there's just so many different emotions that we have to deal with. And whether, you know, she gives you trouble or she doesn't give you trouble, all the, like, my biggest thing that's helped me work through these things is that no matter how amazing and great she is it doesn't take away from how amazing and great you are and just because she's a significant person that's in you know their life doesn't make you any less significant and being the second wife doesn't mean that you're the second choice or you're the second right and so it takes so listen listen I say this confidently now because I've had to put in so much work to get here I've had so many nights like where I'm like a deep in a bottle of wine, like, you know, thinking about old memories because, and you want to, and you have to provide a place for the kids to feel safe, to talk about their mom. Like that's their mom. And I can't imagine being me, my parents being divorced and my dad's girlfriend taking away from me and my mom. Do you know what I mean? And so I've always tried to like make a, like a, a place where they feel safe enough to bring up their mom and talk about her and comfortable with that because they like 
they already went through a divorce. They shouldn't have to feel like I can't talk about my mom because you know, like my stepmom doesn't want to hear it or anything. So totally. Well, I think that's just maturity, <laughs> which is, you know, yeah. really nice yeah. because the thing is as well, um, I, I haven't been through a divorce. Well, actually my parents did get divorced, but I was too young to remember it. But I work, I worked with somebody who went through a divorce and I was very involved in that. And it was incredibly traumatic for me as an adult. So I couldn't imagine how heavy it is for children to deal with. So the fact that you're aware of, you know, not making anything harder for them is, you know, really admirable. And I think that, you know, like you said, you've done a lot of work to get there. What do you think was the most kind of useful thing for you to one, realize that you had to do the work and then how did you tackle doing, actually doing the work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Whenever I realized that I needed to do the work was that I didn't realize how many, I don't want to say issues, but ups and downs there was going to be like emotionally and just situationally in this relationship. And I just, the, the friend support that I had then, even though they were, they're great, they weren't equipped to handle this emotional roller coaster. And so what, I mean, I've had my lowest of lows just in the matter of the comparison or just, you know, having to like be in the same room as the ex and you just, you don't know how to act in a lot of ways. And so I actually started to go to therapy and cause I just didn't know how to handle these emotions. I mean, you honestly experience emotions that you never even knew that you could experience and you just have questions. And one of the hardest things is that whatever I would ask for help for my friends or whoever it was rightfully so like they don't know how to, if you're not in this relationship, you don't understand it. And so it's hard for you to give advice on it. And so everybody would always just say like, it's because of the age gap. It's because of the age gap. It's because of the age gap. And I'm like, that's not helping me. And so I went to therapy and I would like express these feelings that I had. And she's like, Sam, those are all completely normal feelings to have. And I'm like, really? And so once I knew that how I feeling, what, how I was feeling wasn't wrong, then I was able to take it and actually like, breathe through it. And so every time something, a feeling would come up, I would remind myself like, Sam, this doesn't mean that you don't matter. This doesn't make you less significant. This doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to get what you want. And so it's all about like how we've been talking about this, you know, so far is that the situations are still going to happen. Like they still happen to this day. They just don't affect me the way that they did. And so whenever they come up, I have this, like, I have, I'm like my own coach, like in my head, I'm like, all right, Sam, like pull it together. And I have this thing where I know the trigger and what, how it makes me feel. So if it makes me feel less significant or that I don't matter or that I'm an outsider, I have like these, this conversation that I have with myself to remind me that I am here and I do matter and I have a voice in this house. And so that's what helps those, what helped me. I love that. I love that. Um, Interesting that you noticed that you were making yourself wrong and that's what was really getting in the way. Like you somehow, somehow in there, some conditioning, had you believe that what you were feeling was wrong? That's really, really interesting observation there. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And you know, I think that part of it is like when you're in the role of taking care or just being the woman in somebody else's family, let's just say, is how it feels whenever you start out is that you know, if a mom were to say, my kids are driving me insane today. Like I just need to take, like walk outside for a second. Like that's acceptable. But for a stepmom or someone who's with somebody that has kids, 
if they say, oh my gosh, like my stepkids are driving me crazy today. I just got to go outside for a second. It just sounds worse. Like I, like it just sounds like, like the mom can need a break, but the stepmom can't. And so in a lot of ways, like we're, we feel wrong for feeling the ways that we're feeling whenever it's actually completely normal. Like we need a break from our friends sometimes and that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's say, you know, it's also, um, you know, I, I, I always kind of describe like love as a, like a bubble. You've got like this, this agreement with someone, you've got a little bubble and particularly parents and children, they have a very, I mean, I remember this from my childhood um, when my mother got a partner, I was like, Hey, I don't want to share her. So anyone who came in, I was like giving them a hard time because I was like, well, you're, you're taking away my time basically. And so that's, you know, from the, from the perspective of the child. And I do remember this quite vividly. And then as my mom's partner kind of, I got to know her, then it was like, it became a lot easier to let her in and, you know, share. But for a while before I knew who she was, I was like, well, this is not really going to work for me because <laughs> I don't want to share it. Right. Of course. So, so then, you know, when you become, when you build that relationship with those kids, then the bond, you have your own bond and that becomes right. really sacred, right. your own bubble. Yeah, nice. Perfect. Nice. Okay. Um, so the other thing I wanted to mention as well was, you know, there was a, there's a lot of comparison going on, like you said at first with the ex and I don't know. I always have this thing that I'm like, well, they're ex for a reason. If they weren't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even be with him because she'd be right. with him. So, right. they, you know, you're in these positions as, as a reason. And I think as women, I, I can only speak for myself, but I have noticed it a lot with other women. We tend to compare ourselves a lot to other women. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's a sure. thing as well. of like, oh, she's this and I'm not, or she's this and I'm not. And it's like, well, hang on a second. That's you as you know, I don't know. It's just, it sounds like insecurities and everyone has them is the point I'm trying to make is that everyone has them anyway. Yeah, they really do. And it's hard not to. And I think that, you know, you compare, you're going to compare yourself to, I've always thought like comparison isn't bad. You know, it's not bad unless you make it, you allow it to make you feel like you're less than. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest thing is like, has that this has helped me do and not just with me and the ex, but with me and any other woman, just because another woman is great, or even if she's not, doesn't mean that you're not great. And just because she's great in her area or however she is great, doesn't mean that you have to be great like her. You can be completely different. Like you mentioned, like, obviously, if they were, you know, if they're different, they would be, you know, if they're divorced for a reason or whatever. Yeah. She's great in her own way. And we're very different. But there's room for both of us to be the best version of ourselves and different. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes, exactly. Somebody else's success doesn't take away, detract from your success. Exactly. And just because they're successful doesn't mean you have to like be who they're being. Mm-hmm. Or just because they're different doesn't make you better. And so mm-hmm. it's like, how are we like, what are the, what are the benefits of our differences and how can we make those work together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What qualities am I bringing to the table and standing firm in them? That's the thing. We always tend to think, well, I mean, you know, I mean, often we hear that people are like, you know, oh, they're better at me than this, but it, you know, it's just, well, it's maybe not better. It's different. You know, it's like love. You can't really compare two romantic loves because they're always so different. And that's the truth. And I always like to say, like, think about Nike and Under Armour. They're the same. They're competitors. They're just, you know, and some people have, some people like this one better. And some people like this one better. And they're both great in what they are, but they're just different. Yeah. People have preferences. Yes. (laughs) 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I have some questions now, some like more logistical questions. I heard you mention before that like um, maybe kids are on the card with your partner. What, has that conversation come out? And like, how did that um, surface and how, yeah, what's, what's that journey been like? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, and everybody's different, but I knew that I wanted kids. I wanted marriage. I wanted kids. I wanted a family. Like I always knew that. And so whenever I first met my boyfriend, I told him, I told my mom this and she's like, you really said that on the first night. But, um, on the first time we were even together, I was like, listen, like, here's the deal. I want to get married and I want to have kids. I was 23 years old. And so I was like, I am getting ready to step into that whole phase of my life. And this guy that I just met is now 45 years old and he's already been there. And so I'm like, I'm not going to get involved with him and his kids if he doesn't want the same things that I want, because I was not going to be a woman that was like in their life and then not in their life. And then just jumping at like it, like back and forth. I was either in or I was out. And so I said, you know, Hey, look, I want to get married. I want to have kids. And it was really funny because he was actually like, as soon as I said, have kids, he's like, I definitely want more kids. And he's like, but marriage. Eh. <laughs> and I mean, at first I'm like, um, hello, like I, like I'm a young girl, like I want to get married. And so now, you know, those, that, that conversation has definitely shifted and he's definitely more about it. Hopefully that happens soon. But that was one thing that I always tell women that, you know, approach me about this is that they meet a guy that's older and he already has kids and suddenly they don't want kids anymore. And, or they, maybe if they don't want them anymore, they're not sure if they want to have kids because he already has them. And I always say about, if you're going to date an older guy, don't give up what you want just because he already has had it. Because you think that now, but then you're going, if you wait five years down the road and you're like, wow, I really want my own kids and he's older or if he just, you know, five years on the road and he, you guys have already decided that you don't want kids. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, I do want kids now. You can build up a lot of resentment for him not wanting what you want. And so it's such a tricky thing because I think it's important to verbalize what you want in the beginning, but if they're not on board right away, that's pretty normal. Like no guy that you meet and you say upfront on your first date, I want kids. I want to get married. They're like, whoa, Sally, slow down. You know what I mean? But I just think it's important in that situation to really verbalize like what your wants and needs are and making sure that you're at least on the same chapter of a book to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you do that in um, any relationship with a smaller age gap as well. Just maybe perhaps you wouldn't have that conversation quite so early, but I think, you know, it's great that you addressed it really early. Cause it's like, there's no point in me get kind of getting tied up in this emotionally if it's not moving in the direction that's going to work for me. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't want to, you know, if, if you're dating around the kids, like if you're, you know, going out whenever he doesn't have them, then that's fine to have that conversation down the road. But we jumped in really quick. And so I just wasn't going to be like coming over for six months to a year and then being like, Hey, Josh, I want kids. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't. And then the kids were like, you're leaving because you want kids, like your kids don't get that. They're not my kids. And so they're, you know, it's just, I don't want to be the one to be jumping in and jumping out whenever they've already gone through the loss of, you know, a parent. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that you're conscious of that too. Yeah. Mm, because it is really sad. I did, I dated someone with kids and it was really sad leaving his kids because I, yeah, I, 
can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. His, his daughter reached out to me actually a couple of years after. It was really sweet and said, and she said something really sweet. She was like, because I was like, oh, I, I'm surprised you remember me. And she's like, oh, I remember you. You were really significant. And I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really nice. I really, I had a good, I had a really good bond with her. So yeah. Okay. So there's, I mean, there's a few other questions I have. <laughs> What was the reaction from both from his friends and family and from your friends and family when you started dating? Because <laughs> we live question. in a pretty judgy society, don't we? Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. When we started to date, my, I first told my mom, by like, mom, I met a guy. And she was like, oh, you did? And I'm like, yeah, and he's almost your age. <laughs> and she was kind of like, Samantha, you know? And then my dad's like, so let me get this straight. You're closer in age to his kids than you are to him. And I'm like, oh, I never thought about it that way. But, um, but I will tell you, I've had great support so far from my family. A a lot of people, the biggest concern that I've had on my end of my family, um, and my friends was that I was going to still have the life that I wanted to have, meaning that I wasn't giving up, like having my own kids or getting married and that I wasn't giving up my twenties and to be with him they were just very conscious of like, make sure that this is like, you're still going to stand true and like what you want. Um, and just don't give it up. And then on his end, everybody has been very, very respectful and, um, receptive of me. I think that the, and his friends, like his guy friends, half of them are divorced too. And so half of the new wives that they have and new girlfriends that they have, like we're both like meet each other for the first time. But I've only had a few people that were friends with his ex that have like commented to stuff on me. Um, but I think that the biggest group of, I don't have anybody give me pushback from this, but the biggest group of people that I do are like the kids, friends, moms who know the ex and don't know that her and I are cool. I get so many cold shoulders from them and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's probably the craziest thing, but it's not that big of a deal. Mm, that's so interesting as well because I don't know how their life affects how that affects them. It doesn't. It's, it's really, yeah, that's it's really kind of funky. it's really funky. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, so how do you how did you forge or how did you begin to forge once you realized that okay, I really like this guy. This is going, you know, there's a lot of potential here. How did you kind of forge a, a relationship with the kids, and how quickly did that start after you started dating? So I will tell you that when people ask me, like, when's the right time to tell the kids and move in, there is not a right time. Like there is generally not a right time. And I just think that there's more of a, not a right time, but more of a, like a right way to do it. I mean, and I say that because I knew the kids because they would come to work with their dad. And so I didn't know them well. I mean, I only worked there for three months before we actually started dating. Um, but I saw them a few times. They just, they just knew me as the girl at the bank that we worked at. and. We, my boyfriend ended up coming to work, taking me to lunch with them. And then he kind of made it like, like their idea or their choice to, to like bring me home or to be with me. And so he would bring me around them. And, um, eventually like he would be like, what do you guys think? Like, do you like her? Do you like her? And this all happened within a few weeks. And so they were just like, yeah, you know, we really like her and everything. And then I was staying at his house until like three o'clock in the morning. Cause I didn't want to invade on the kids and, you know, have them like, here I am like jumping into their house. And so his son, who was like five at the time, like looked at me one night and he's like, 
why don't you just stay here? And so that's whenever I kind of was, Josh was like, oh, like you wanted to stay? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, like I'll stay then. And that's kind of how we moved everything in. But it's kind of giving them the choice, you know, without really giving them the choice. Obviously, like you're going to present it to them in that way. But making them feel like like they have some a say in it is what I think that he did a really great job about. So he was really good about, about that. But then whenever I got into the picture, I was very conscious of making the kids know, especially his daughter at the time, who was like 10 years old. I was like, I am not here to replace your mom, to be your mom, or to take you away from your mom. I'll be whoever you want me to be, but I'm not here to be her. And I repeated that over and over and over again. And to the point where like, I was, you know, always bringing up, how's your mom doing? Like, what's your mom up to? And just always bringing up, breaking the ice and like bringing the mom up and like letting them know that I'm not here to replace her. And anytime that the mom was brought up, I was always championing, championing, that's a hard word to say right now, um, championing (laughs) her. And just, I was like, supportive of, I mean, unless they're coming home saying like, mom's, you know, beating me over the head with the pan, you know, that's, that's a different story. But like, when they would come over at our house, like, we're not going to bad talk their mom. Yeah. And so even if like, their dad is doing it, because you know, they're divorced and everything. I think that what I, you know, did well in the beginning with is just always being like, I had their mom's back, even whenever before we had a good relationship, I had their mom's back. And I think that that made them feel safe with me where they didn't have to choose which woman in their life they liked better. And so that's what I feel like really allowed me to step in and be present here the way that I am. Yeah. I love that. That's a, I think that's a really important distinction to make. eh? You know, that's interesting. My mother did that too with my father. She never, even though he definitely wasn't, would never get the father of the year award. He, she never, she never bad talked him ever, ever, even when we did. And it was uh, very, very mature and it, it helped a lot. It was a really great modeling behavior. So I think that's, you know, excellent, excellent advice for anyone listening as well. Um, sometimes right. I, I feel like uh, I've noticed that this is quite a difficult task for some people to not bad talk the other parent. And I feel like if, it, if you find yourself in that position, then going to counseling and doing what you did, and getting doing that work on yourself is really useful because we're the adults in this situation, right? And that's exactly it. And I think that it's important to note that just because I support the mom and I like have her back and all of these different things doesn't mean that I just dis- don't dis- disagree with her at certain times. I mean, you know, everything's so different. And I just think that it's really important that if you have those feelings and these issues, you don't bring them to the kids. Like it's not the kid's responsibility to deal with that and those challenges that you have. And so I've always thought like, if I have any harsh feelings or anything that I feel like that's on me to deal with, I don't have to take those insecurities, that pain that I have, those questions that I have and like make them feel a certain way about her so that they can come back and like me more. No, I just feel like that's where you have to do the work on yourself and be able to celebrate another woman who happens to be like your significant other's X, which is really, really, really hard to do, but it actually has benefited me in more ways than just one. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's excellent advice. Like, yeah, I think that's really, really, again, super important to state. It's not the children's responsibility, you know? Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. To add there, because I think it's important is that, you know, kids are not dumb. 
And so they're going to see, they're going to make their own opinions. Like they're going to compare both households. Like that's a fact, like no matter what you do, they're going to compare. And so if you're supporting, what I found is that when you're offering a supportive, you know, environment to both households, like they don't have to like choose, they don't have to be defensive over one house. And so they feel more comfortable with like sharing struggles or sharing things that are going on because they don't feel like they have to defend the other person to you because you always talk negatively about them. Mm-hmm. And actually, what was interesting for me was that I started opening up to my mom's partner differently and sharing more because I knew my mom would react in a certain way, (laughs) whereas she didn't have that kind of parent power. So there wasn't that, you know, and it was great because it was, it was kind of like another way to get to my mom. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's so true. (laughs) So kids figure it out. They know how to, they know how to get what they want and play the, (laughs) play the parents and the step parents. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So what, um, what else has been kind of a, a big struggle with you or um, that you've kind of overcome or just even just a challenge? Because I know that, you know, we really tackled the big things, which is like the kids. And, you know, I, I think actually main, mainly that's the, the, the main one. And I guess like stages in your life, how do you go with that? Because if he's 21 years older than you and how old are you now? I'm 26 right now. 26. So then he's, he's in a very different stage of his life. So he's thinking about kind of retirement in the next 10 years. Right. No. Yeah. He's definitely thinking about that. Yeah. I, I will tell you that I've never felt like we were in different phases or stages of our lives before. And I think that that's why I like him is because I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I'm dating an older man. You know what I mean? Like I never feel like he's like, he, he's very young at heart. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like the best of both worlds. He has like the maturity of somebody who's a lot older, but he's, you know, definitely younger at heart. And so I think that that's important to note because the qualities that the stuff that I like about him, I could also find that in someone that's younger too. And so I don't want people to like take the idea that the key to having a great relationship like I do is to go and find an older guy to date because there's older guys that are not the right guys to date also. But then there's also younger guys. Like just because I would go and date a younger guy doesn't mean that I'm going to go and have this great relationship with him. And so I think that it's really important to, to, to find and to understand what you want in your significant other. Like mm-hmm. how do you want them to act in this situation? Like what kind of father do you want them to be? What kind, what do they do professionally? Like how do they carry themselves and understanding how they show up in their life And then going out and finding that person, whether he's like 20 years older or two years older, because it's not what you, what people in age gap relationships realize is that once you're in them, the age different fades, like the stuff that's the age, it just, it just doesn't matter after a long time, after you get used to it, it's like, you know, the excitement and the thrill of it kind of goes away and you're left with the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, you just have to like the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not like you picked him because he's 20 years older. He just happened to be 20 years older. Right, exactly. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, how are we going to navigate this? Because I really like you. (laughs) You're a keeper. Right, right. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Okay, so before we wrap up, um, I've just got like one question for somebody else who finds they might find themselves in the same situation as you. What's kind of your biggest takeaway um, that you could share with them or best piece of advice of dealing with this? Because there's a lot of layers 
to your relationship that, that I guess people with smaller age gaps might not have to consider? Yeah, for sure. And that's a great question. Um, you nailed it whenever you just said there's a lot of layers. And so my biggest advice that I would give and that's helped me um, be where I'm at right now is find support with people who understand what you're going through because um, it, and, and just watch who you're venting to because if you vent to the wrong person, they're going to fill your mind with like, you can find somebody younger or you don't have to deal with all of this extra stuff. Like you're so young and you can get any guy that you want. And then you're going to start thinking about that. And then you're going to be torn because you're like, well, I really like him, but then they're kind of right. And so my biggest piece of advice is to expect that this type of relationship is going to have ups and downs like you can't imagine. Like you're going to have to deal with so much more than you would in a normal relationship. But at the end of the day, you have to really, really, really like your significant other. Because if you don't, if your relationship between you, you and him is rocky, nothing else is going to be worth it. Like you have to wake up every day and think to yourself, I am choosing him because I love him and I'm choosing everything that comes with it. Because like I said, it's, it's a roller coaster now, but it's also a roller coaster in any other relationship that you've had, that you'll have. Like if you go out and find a normal relationship, it might not be the same roller coaster, but it's still going to be a roller coaster. And so you're always going to have challenges no matter where you are, no matter what relationship you're in, no matter if he's 20 years older, two years older, has kids, doesn't have kids, relationships come with their challenges. And so find the support that you need from people who deal with the challenges that you deal with and then allow yourself to grow from there. Nice. Thank you. That's great advice. And if people want to get in touch with you and perhaps get that support from you, how can they get in touch with you? You can find me at, on Instagram at SlayWithSam or my website at SlayWithSam.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for being here. It has been a pleasure. I feel like there is a, you know, a lot of questions that people will have for you as well. So I'm sure there'll be some outreach there. Yeah. And you can find all of the links mentioned in this episode and all the show notes at rebellove.com forward slash EP18. That is rebellove.com forward slash EP18. Thank you so much again, Sam, for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was great. Listening to the Rebel Love Podcast, the podcast about love, sex, relationships, and money. If you like this episode, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. And find all the details of this episode and more at rebellove.com forward slash podcast. 